and good morning. Thanks for being with us. It's the morning tailgate. Lindsey Brown, Vinnie Bonsignor, Clay Baker as we are live on Radio Row here for San Francisco against Kansas City. It's coming up. Keep listening all day long. Our great coverage brought to you by Paul Pedalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. And let's get to it. Michelle Beadle is here with us, one of the most recognizable and respected hosts in all of media. Beadle and Decker on FanDuel TV, Mad Dog Sports Radio, and that's just uh, uh, just a minute, uh, just a small minute minutia of her uh, career right now going on. And Michelle, you're part of the San Antonio Spurs broadcast team. Thank you so much for being with us. We love you having you. Here. Thanks for having me, guy. You guys are bright and early. Yeah, like the first ones Indeed. out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last Starts day. early. You were early here to sit it's down true, with us. True. It's it's you got to have that professional. We're the heroes. Yeah, you hustlers, radio, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, get it. Uh, <laughs> and I gotta say, uh, our boss Q Myers, who I call fearless leader because all he does is work. He doesn't sleep. He said we are in the business of getting gold jackets this week and in interviewing. And you are a gold oh, jacket wow. for me, Michelle Beadle. Legitimately, <laughs> Thank you. you are a, bit, a gold jacket. I was uh, in 2009. You started Sports Nation with Colin Coward, yes. and I was all over that. And I was a young young woman at the time, and I I, I identified. You and I was like, I can be Yay, what she is. That's awesome. And so, thank you so much for your part in getting me here today. And thank <laughs> you so much for sitting down with us to to talk. Uh, it's truly a dream come true for me. And we met earlier in the week and yep. found out this is both of our first time on Radio Row at the big game. And uh, this is certainly on high on my list of things to experience. But where does this rank for you in Man. terms of hectic environments that you've worked in? I love. I forgot how much I missed the hectic environment. Like you know, most days when you do radio, you have a rundown and you're like, we're gonna. You don't do that here. I mean, we bless our producers' hearts. They have a rundown, but it, as soon as it, the, the show starts, <laughs> yeah. like we sit down, the first guest is already sitting there. And it's just like, like yesterday we had Lawrence Taylor, and then he was like this glimmer in his eye talking about how he loved to just hate the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> yeah, and then cool. here comes Joe Montana, like right behind me, like this is surreal <laughs> right. for me. So I love the hectic of it. I, I, think, I like things that are like you can't plan them, sort of fly by the seat of your pants. I saw Wayne Newton walking around. I mean, it's just weird. It's a surreal environment here and I'm, I'm so happy i finally got to do one it really is and i think las vegas lends to that yeah. uh, as well without question um and i, I want to quickly get to that uh, your impressions of las vegas so far yeah. as a host city you know i wondered because i'd heard some people sort of whining about like the track and yeah has the traffic been a nightmare uh, sure but that would have been the case in most cities unless it's strictly walkable and mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of those i don't mind it i mean you can get to where you need to go there are a gazillion fantastic restaurants yep. like the things that you want to do when you're not working is, is basically eat and chill right mm-hmm. and there's tons of that and uh i lost a lot of money in slot machines for no reason <laughs> what, like what's your machine a brainless idiot is what i, I uh, my best friend flew into town just for a couple nights and we were sitting there next to each other and we lost so much that we went down to the penny machines and i'd never done that before oh, oh. and we're still sitting there like <laughs> just mindless mutton pushing i'm like man we're smarter than this and I didn't win a single penny on this entire week. Oh. Entire week. You know, when you're playing the penny slots, you're looking around. It's like, where's my yes. drink? Because these pennies yes. aren't cheap, you know? <laughs> One lap per it's hour. So it's Matt so bad. <laughs> yes. It's brutal. Ah, well, what are you going to do? Next time. Next yeah. time. There you go. Absolutely, and, and you're a big big time winner in a lot of different ways, Michelle. And I'm I'm curious because there there's certain ways that we have to move differently in this business as yeah. women, right? And sometimes they're conscious, and sometimes they're they're subconscious, and they're subversion tactics almost. And so, give me a great chess move that mm. you've made that's played out in your favor. I think you know, for me, the I don't know if it's played out in my favor. It might have, might have been detriment. Um, I have never been good at sort of the game part of stuff. Like the, I'm not social. Mm-hmm. I've never been good at schmoozing and doing all that. And I know it's such a big part of that. And especially for women, I mean, if you get like one of the suits to love you, mm-hmm. you're sort of there. 
my charm is the opposite. Uh, I don't think the suits like me at all. So I'm just sort of like trying to figure out. And what I realized early on was um, really, and it's so cliche, but you just have to be, be yourself. And if they don't like it, then you probably won't work there again. And that's okay too. And I, I think, you know, trying to please anyone or be something that you're not. I mean, I remember there was a period, even just when I did entertainment for five minutes, where they would try to dress me a certain way. And I was like, I'd feel like an idiot, like a weirdo in a dress. So you just have to say, to heck with all that. I'm, I, I just have to do me. And uh, either that you like it or you don't. And it's kind of, I mean, it's the same thing in life, really. Like, mm -hmm. You can't impress everybody, and that's fine. It's mm. totally fine. When were you able to embrace that? Um, I think because I never planned on doing any of these things for a living. Like, I wanted to be a lawyer and go into politics. And then really? I realized in college, I was like, ugh, I don't want to do that either. Now <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. You took three years off. I took three years off. Yeah, I'm the queen it. of taking years off, apparently. Um, <laughs> and I, I think... Because I didn't have a plan, it made just doing this easier. Right. So if I lost a job, I, I wasn't upset. If it wasn't I got part a of job, the deal I was like, anyway. yeah. cool. Okay. So it was sort of one of those things. Like, very laid-back approach, I think. You know, I think as far as, like, the, the great moves, though, as one was, you became quickly the most important personality on ESPN. Oh. And then you made this move to go with NBC. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're in everyone's living room for the London Olympics. <laughs> what was that time like for you? And what's your favorite moment from that? My fa oh god, my favorite moment. Um, it's funny is we had our the way the sets were like like you know, I mean, doing the Olympics is crazy at least once just because you see this sort of the logistics behind building these towns, these media towns. Yeah. You're like this is just here for this. <laughs> but I remember the way the setup was is we had our set. Willie Geist would sort of throw the con to me, and then I would take the three or four hour shift. But then Bruce Jenner had his set below us. Oh, and wow. would come to our set every single day and like bother us, but like in a in a nice way. But we would mock him to his face. <laughs> I had a poster with like his face, and it was like a picture of me next to him, and it says "No Bruce Jenner allowed." And we're just standing right. Now. He has no idea. He was like was so sweet. And then obviously now she's a completely different person. But it's it was like. And I remember saying, your family is what's wrong with America. And he just laughed. He was like, we just signed a $65 million deal, which then was a lot. Now it's peanuts. But it was cra It was just, so, again, the people watching at the Olympics is. And I, you know what? I got to meet Craig Sager. That was my time to sort of go. get oh, to meet and know Craig Sager. And I'm grateful for that. Because I don't know that we would have had time like that otherwise. Oh, cool. Yeah. We're talking to the amazing Michelle Beadle. She's done so many things, including Sports Nation, which kind of put me on the path to where I am now. Uh, and, and you watch a lot of different sports just mm -hmm. like how I do and so uh, you see different themes and and uh, different aspects of athleticism and the co <laughs> concept of body leverage is so imperative across all sports but especially in basketball mm -hmm. and football and and there's there's cerebral aspects to it there's physical giftedness to it who is someone that you've identified as one of as someone Man. who really understood body leverage and used it to their advantage god that's a good qu I mean look I think in the NBA and he, Andy, and, and this pains me to say, I'm, I'm a notoriously not a fan of LeBron James, but um, he has both, right? Yeah. Like he has this once in a lifetime, I'm not sure what devil soul making deal he's made, but he's still going the way he's going. So he does that. But he's also one of those crazy savant. So, I mean, you can bring up a play from like a finals 12 years ago and he knows you know, oh, we were coming out of a timeout. We did this, this, and this. And I'm like, I literally don't remember yesterday. I did a right. quiz yesterday. They're like, name these Super Bowls and where they were. And I was like, ah, I just guess Miami for all. I couldn't remember anything. <laughs> or New Orleans. I was like, yeah, yeah. What, what are the other? So I, I'm, I'm amazed. I think that while the physical is amazing, we sort of get numb to it because we're just walking amongst giants all the time. Sure. But the cerebral part that kicks in for some of these guys sometimes, I'm just – Drew Brees yesterday. 
we're talking to him. My dad sends me a text in the middle of the interview. He's like, remind him when he beat K-State in an upset at the Alamo Bowl. And I brought it up. Play for play. Wow. Leading up to the game. How the game. I'm like. I, okay, Photographic that was, memory. That's impressive. what it is. Impressive. That, that's insane. That <laughs> yeah. is insane. It was, my dad was so happy. <laughs> you know, we get caught up here uh, in this little bubble that we forget there's an actual football game. Oh, right, right, that's right, right. That's getting right. ready yeah, to be played. Happening. But, um, and the reason I bring that up is I've been out and about covering the Chiefs mm-hmm. side of things, and I've sat in on every one of Travis Kelsey's availabilities, Ooh, yeah. right? So just to kind of monitor how he was handling the big elephant in the room, which is <laughs> he and Taylor Swift and the relationship that they have, and I can't be more impressed. Really? Yes, with how gracious he's been. All right. Uh, with how he's embraced it, uh, with how much fun he's had with it, how healthy it is. And, and as Lindsay was saying earlier, he's just a really secure person and yeah. a secure man. But I want to ask you what you make of the phenomena that that's become. I mean, I, look, I don't know how you guys conduct your personal lives. My, my nightmare is for my personal life to be anywhere remotely close to being <laughs> public yes. knowledge. Um, and, it's, it, and they're living in a sphere that is just, it's, you know, one a gazillion people have to deal with this kind of mm-hmm. scrutiny. And on the one hand, I'm like, you know, I guess they're used to it. But then you sometimes realize, I mean, look, there are shots of her walking out. And lately it's been with Brittany and Holmes or whoever and coming out of her buildings. The flash of the paparazzi yeah. camera, it's, it's like daytime at night. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know how one lives that way. They seem to get that. The breakup's going to hurt. Uh, we're oh, gonna, Michelle, this is forever. Stop it. This oh. is forever. I've already gone there, too. I'm, I'm, but because it's, you think about it immediately. Yeah. It's partly why I think a lot of people don't want their stuff out there. Because then when you do break up, you have to address that. And you're right. like, I don't want to talk about this again. But they, or have a I mean, song written about you. Yeah. Uh, well, about twenty songs, profitable for both of them. <laughs> I'll tell you 100%. when it does happen. Look, maybe they have like a a super baby out of this. We get some sort of super baby for Earth. Uh, I'm good with that. World if they peace. Want, if they want to do that. Let's do that. But yeah, it is a crazy relationship to have front and center. One of the biggest superstars in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good God. Well, and this brings up a different conversation piece. I think for us too, and the place of women in oh, yeah. sports in traditionally male-dominated spaces, and and fighting off the haters, and and trying to <laughs> convince them that we're worthy of being in this in this place. And we've made so much progress. We have so much further to go. But you've been around in in a really unique gauntlet of time and media change. How do you feel about the state of, of state of women's place yeah. and, and how we're, we're making progress, especially when we have somebody like Taylor Swift invading My everybody's goodness. time and space? I didn't realize the effect that was having on some young men's lives. I feel right. so bad for them. Um, yeah, you know, 2009 was when we were sort of forced to get on Twitter at, at ESPN. They're mm-hmm. like, we're, this is the thing we're doing now. We have, I didn't want to at first, but then I realized if they're going to write for us, then I might as well just do it myself. And, and that was the time when you realized the cesspool and it started to grow and you're yeah. like, Oh, you look fat. You're like, oh, wow. Okay. Eating disorder. Let's do this. <laughs> so, you know, you, it was, it took a, I will Facts. say this. It took a while. I mean, it, it, yeah. there was a time where I was sort of just wallowing in negativity and it would affect like my interpersonal relationships with friends and family. Cause you, you found yourself being consumed by it. There's a snap I think that comes for most people and it men too, because let, let's be honest there, when you're anonymous behind a keyboard, you, you can say the most vile things to yep. anyone and just mm-hmm. go about your, whatever your day consists of. I'm sure it's productive, but uh, it's like, it doesn't matter. And I know sometimes we say don't inter- don't engage, but we're all humans. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to engage. Sometimes it's actually fun yes. to engage and then let the other people blow that person up. Yeah. But I realized early on, it doesn't matter. Um, they would never say it to your face. And that for me was the, the eye-opening moment where I was like, oh, 
these are just things you'd say. If you were standing here, you wouldn't say it. So your opinion doesn't matter. And I think we finally got to that place. As for the men who are affected by Taylor Swift, look, do I think it's a lot? Sure. Do I understand why it's happening? Yes. Again, global icon billionaire who has written songs to get to this point. Like that's a talent and a skill set. Whether you like the music or not, oh well. Um, but it is, it is, I mean, who do we have? We had somebody yesterday that was bothered by it, and I was actually kind of shocked. I'm like, it's not that much. I mean, they did the breakdown. It's like point oh three less than seconds. 30 seconds a <laughs> no game. No play. Literally oh. less than 30 <laughs> seconds a game. Who cares? I'd rather see her than lots of other people. Facts. So, you know, what, what's the difference between when you watch a – Brent Musburger used to just pick out hot chicks oh, with yeah. their boobs out, and that would be a thing. No one whined about that. So right. what is the who cares? I like audience shots. Women existing in the Thank way that they you. want. That's the problem, <laughs> Michelle. But that's what you said. We can't care about what people think. Good Lord. You just got to be who you are. It's almost over, it. guys. It's almost over. You can rest for the offseason. <laughs> oh. Michelle Beadle here with us, FanDuel, Mad Dog Sports, as well as the Spurs broadcast team. Real quick, you know, when you interview people, you have the unique ability to open them up like a can of sardines. Hmm. And it's something that you do that's just innate. It's unspoken communication. And I always thought it was about your sense of humor. Where does your sense of oh, humor gosh. come from? Where did it come well, from? Well, not my dad. Uh, the so show contributor? Maybe in spite of my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, honestly, I don't know. It's weird. My brother and I are both very dry, sarcastic human beings, and my dad is nice. not. And I am 48, and he still doesn't get it. He doesn't like, we have no? a thread with the three of us that will just be, I mean, direct sarcasm. For, and he'll answer... <laughs> like wholeheartedly and, and I'm like Robert is he serious right now like I don't, I don't even know how to read it my mom was a pretty sarcastic person um, but she was Italian so there was a language thing and it was, it was just they're just a different sense of humor I don't know yeah. honestly I really I, I've just always gravitated towards the dry and the uh, the cynical that I think that, I, those are my people <laughs> well you're my people Michelle Beadle and I, I truly appreciate you taking the time to sit oh, down with us. Awesome. I know you got a whole radio broadcast yourself uh, to prepare for them there's a tv show after uh, that and then you got to go back to your spurs <laughs> and so we'll let you get back to being an icon and thank you so much for all that you've done for women everywhere in this oh, business oh man I, no you, worries <laughs> we appreciate you we appreciate you back after this on the morning tailgate Back to the Morning Tailgate, live from Radio Row at Mandalay Bay. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Thank you for being with us. We're live on Radio Row, brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Uh, we, we go up to our photo gallery page up at LVSportsNetwork.com. We're going to have pictures of all our guests and celebrities for all the shows. And... Uh, I always have to wonder, like, you know, it's one thing. i got to make sure that the media credential is turned around yep. so it's not being faced. And also, is my fly down and is my fly open? That's always something I'm like, do I have something in my teeth? Because there's no time to think. No. You just have to do the interview, and then you take the picture, and then it's all over again. Well, and when I was a kid, uh, when I was learning how to smile, that didn't really come naturally. So I just kind of, like, okay. show all my teeth, but there wasn't the upward pull of the mouth. And so I had to practice a lot in the mirror it wasn't really to get a smile. the smile. You're just getting all the smile. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was just like, show all your teeth. Right. That's how you smile. That's because our parents would be like, show smile. Correct. Correct, but the, the tism is strong in this one, so I had, to, I had to teach myself. And then sometimes I can tell that I'm reverting back to some early versions of the smile, and it probably happens in moments where I'm a little bit more nervous. I wasn't really nervous to, to talk to Michelle Beadle because we met, her, the, we met her the other day, and she was just such a, a, a gracious oh, yeah. person and uh, spent some time with us here today. But I, that's, a, that's a big deal for me. And so I can't even really look at the pictures right now because I have such a good memory and what if the pictures are bad and I don't want to add that into this little bubble yeah. that I'm riding right now? I don't now. want to look at the pictures until what after if it's the bad? show. Correct. <laughs> well, probably just like in 20 minutes or so. I get like uh, that. It's weird. I just I, I don't have the tolerance for it. So I'm just like, I'll look at it later. 
Look at it later. Look at it later. Look at it later. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and we uh, we're here live at Radio Row. We were kind of like you know going over some of the things that like we we really are going to miss. It's a, you know it's a challenge and it's you know it's it's hard work being out here because you we're doing like nine hours of interviews because after the show's over we do more and more and more. Oh, interviews. on Monday I called my mom crying. <laughs> I called my mom crying. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, genuinely. And now, at the end of the week, I'm going to miss it. It's kind of nice being around with all the people I don't get to see every day, you know? And then the Randalls that we don't really know, we'll see them for five minutes. But just, you know, there's a lot of people in the business we know here. It is, and it's fun because we get to give her, like, parallel with Tyler Bischoff and Ed Graney, the press box on ESPN Las Vegas. They hate us. They just don't like us. uh, Ed Ed won't let me post a really funny video from earlier, but I'm going to do it on the platform so he's not on, so he won't Ed is already fed up with all of us. Yeah, Tyler uh, Tyler wouldn't do any (laughs) social media thing with me yesterday because I was trying to do a TikTok thing where it was I'm passing the phone to you know someone who's getting up at 3 30 in the morning to get down to radio row and it'd be my video and then i'd pass it to you be like i'm passing the phone to someone who's lived in las vegas for 25 years and is going to their first super bowl and I, tyler said i'm not doing it I'm like why he goes i'd be too mean yeah be go, probably <laughs> probably because i'm just trying to have fun and did you throw something at me i thought you did it was like a stick or something but uh yeah it's um it's been fun to mix it up with everybody and kind of be in this really unique very stressful situation mm-hmm. but there's something gelling about those those moments well, and also on monday i also called your mom and she's like stop calling me <laughs> probably you, just, you have a mother you call your own mom and like yeah. All right, I'm, I'm sorry did you were you struggling on as much on monday as i was <laughs> well it was like because there was nothing happening yet you know yeah. and it was like we were just we wanted it to happen right now i want to be yeah. busy right now and it wasn't happening fast enough yeah. So it, now it's I'm going to miss it. Like today, I'm just trying to cherish it all and you know absorb it all because mm-hmm. it's going to be poof evaporating in the thin air and we won't see it again. Yeah, even like the security people that are working that rotate around. A few days ago, I walked through. We were doing remember that move? I was with the arms behind my back and I was running, and she's like, "That's the Naruto run, the Naruto uh, run." So now every time I pass right by her, I do like a little hand signal, and she like starts laughing. I'm like, "Oh, miss her." Oh, uh, the security people. I, I went up and I shook everyone's hand this morning because I'm going to miss yeah. them and. And her especially because uh, her and I have already talked about let's meet up for some Long Islands. Yes. You know what I mean? And she's Kai. like, yeah, that's where I go. That's the real connection in this town. It's not with the Richie Richardsons. <laughs> no. It's with the people that make this town go because they are the funnest. The security, the the, uh, the staff here has been so overwhelmingly, oh, what can I do for you? How can I help you? They have bathroom uh, people in there all day making oh, sure yeah. everything's stocked up. It's it's because a class they, act. They man. understand the moment, and they've been already uh, told and kind of like brought in that we got to make this the best possible commercial for Las Vegas mm-hmm. as we can because, you know, when you're dealing with media, they're going to sit and scrutinize and criticize every little thing and bring it back to their local region and mm-hmm. newspaper, TV, radio, and they're going to talk about the good and bad, and sometimes the bad overshadows everything. But this time around, I think you're actually seeing what Las Vegas looks like in its best light. Yeah, and a different light that a lot of people have experienced it in, too, because I know everybody was pretty surprised with all the rain that we've been getting this this week. And Mm -hmm. that's the season that we're in, just like how I was asking. Windy season starts typically March. I know there's a few weeks where I've never experienced anything like that weather-wise either. It's, it's It's a unique blend, but that's where... You're trying to change the perception of this town, of the, of the stereotypes that have built, been built up. And you know what? They're stereotypes for a reason because that's what we do the best. But Las Vegas is so much more than slot machines that take Michelle Beadle's money. It's true. Right? And, and it'll continue to be there to take Michelle's money. Yeah. But yeah, obviously. It's, and it, it, you know, we, it's funny because we're set up right next to the team slot machines by Aristocrat Gaming. And it's the, like the, the NFL ones, the which NFL we could machines. play for free. Right. 
I, I went up there, and every time I press the button, there is a little jolt. Yes. I, I don't know if it's an actual jolt from the machine or if I'm just experiencing that because of the dopamine, but either way, I feel it. I kind of want to get a little bit of a jolt because I'm still a little bit miffed that Max Crosby didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. In fact, he finished fourth in the voting What? Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, and Dallas's TJ Watt missed a bunch of games. You were hardly on the field, dude. And Max, who's third place? Micah from Dallas. Micah Parsons. What have they done? Think about it. Like, does Max always have to play fourth fiddle to everybody? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, he's in the conversation as being the very, one of the very best. It's not enough for me, though. I want him to win that award. Believe it or not, I think this little event might help that case going forward. Because right, we know that Max is going to put the resume down each season. He's going to have the production. He never puts any goals on anything because he just wants to see where he ends up. And it's usually right. in, a, in an inflated place that he was the, the season prior. And, again about the legitimization of Las Vegas and probably the Las Vegas Raiders as well, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Same thing with Antonio Pierce being hired. If they go out and win some games, have a, a respectable season next year, uh, I, I'm not going to put any expectation on it either because I want to have you know some semblance of fun during the whole thing. And, and if that is in a positive light, if that is in a, in a different light that we've seen this organization in the last, say, five years, and they're able to accomplish some things, okay. I think Max Crosby's name is going to be at that top of the list, genuinely. He's always looking for something to add for the uh, motivation. Yes. You know? And the fact that when he, uh, when he was on uh, uh, Andrew Siciliano's show on the NFL Network, he's like, I, you know, I wouldn't mind the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl because I can't wait to knock them off. Yeah. And I think that's an attitude that is pervasive around the entire Raiders defense. That mm -hmm. they, are, they are still humming about Christmas Day and the way they beat them on Christmas morning in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. And had a huge national rating. I think it was like a 45 share uh, for audience around the country watching that game. The point is, is that uh, this is just one more peg to say, I can't wait to take them down a little bit further. Take them down several pegs while we ascend up higher. And I think Max is somebody that, you know, it's, it's not like fake uh, motivation. It's something that he really grinds with because mm -hmm. it's real to him. Yeah, he sleeps with that. Mm -hmm. He sleeps with that. He dreams about it. This is all he thinks about. And I could not be more excited to see uh, what kind of season he's going to turn in next year. And just like I said, to, to start this offseason, everybody should be on demon time. Everybody should have that <laughs> right. that motivation you're talking about because there's a really unique opportunity that's being presented to be a disruptive force in a division that everybody says you have no chance in. And we know that that is inherently not true because we beat every single team in this division at least once this year. And you know what? When, they, when the Chiefs came into this building too, if that offense wasn't so damn bad, they probably would have had a chance in that game as well. Right? It wasn't. It they didn't play super well. This, this Chiefs did. team did not yeah. play well this year, and that's why it was such a missed opportunity this year. But for <laughs> not necessarily the Raiders, yes, but for other teams around as well. But the Raiders' time is coming. It's coming, and they're they're dancing the right way. And all they have to do is keep uh, picking the right partners. And you know who else is coming? Is former Oakland Raider Akbar Baja Biamila. He is set to join us in just a few minutes. Remember him from the Great Ninja Warrior Show on NBC, and of course on the Talk on CBS. Aja Biamilla joins us in a few minutes as we're back after 90 seconds here on Raider Nation Radio.
We love having you with us here as we are live on Radio Row at Mandalay Bay Convention Center getting you ready for the big game on Sunday. And our coverage is all brought to you by Paul Paddle Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery, and we're really happy to have former Oakland Raider here with us, Akbar Baja Bia Miller, the tremendous host of the talk on CBS. And everyone's been watching your great work on Ninja Warrior for years on NBC. And, of course, we will be talking about Experian. We've got to talk about the Experian Smart Money Digital Checking Account. It's absolutely amazing. We love doing this every year with you. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you. And I'll tell you what, uh, first off, let's just talk about Raiders and Antonio Pierce. Yes. When this went down in, in, in the middle of the season and now he, the interim tag's gone, he's the new head coach. Yeah. Doesn't this feel like the right fit? You know, it does feel like the right fit. I, I, I will say, though, I, I was a little cautious at first because I thought, you know, perhaps it was rushed, right? Like okay. it felt yeah. like it was like, oh, man, all of a sudden. But then I started thinking back, and I'm going, you know what? This is the right move. And I'm, let me tell you something. I am so proud and excited and happy for an Antonio Pierce. You know, of course, you know, <clears throat> shout out to the Raiders organization for building from within. The way he was able to bring and rally the guys together, mm. you know, after there was turmoil, obviously, during the season, you have a, a changeover with the coaching staff. That's not very easy no. for guys to just switch over like that. I'll tell you something else unique about AP. He's not old enough and he's not young enough, but he's at the right spot where he understands the temperature mm. of the locker room, of the players and the mentality. And I think respect has changed over the years. It used to be where, you know, back in my day. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> yeah. I had to say that. Back in my day. <laughs> um, but it used to be where it was all about the experience and the age and all that stuff. That, and I feel like in the younger generation, they're looking for relatability. And Antonio mm-hmm. Pierce is knowledgeable. He's experienced. Mm-hmm. And he's relatable. So he kind of checks all of the boxes to where guys go, we're going to rally behind them. And he did it at a high level. Yeah. Um, he brings a certain level of intensity and authenticity, and that matters to today's players. Uh, and I don't discount it like, oh, my generation was better or whatever. It's where we are today. And mm. so Antonio Pierce is going to do a fine job. It's, is it an unconventional pick? I think so. I think it's an unconventional pick because we didn't know a lot about Antonio Pierce, and that's not even saying it from a bad place. They're just yeah. saying mm. we didn't have a lot of detail as if he could do this as a head coaching job. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I mean, he's one of my guys, you know what I mean? Right. So, I'm, so I'm excited for him. Well, and it's an unconventional franchise, yeah. too. I think there's something to be said about stop trying to copy what everybody else is doing and, yeah. and have the homegrown okay, thing. Okay, thank you. Right. Okay, okay, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Okay, thank you, because I think sometimes we follow the blueprint, right? Mm. Everybody's like, oh, you got to bring in this guy. He had 15 years of experience as a head coach and has been with seven teams. Mm-hmm. And, like, no, the guys know who this is because he's been in the locker room with them. So they're going to rock with him, and that's what the Raiders need because we do have to do something dramatically different, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've had some underperforming years. We've had high expectations and underperformance. And so this year we saw – like what the Raiders could do. We see them put some embarrassing numbers on folks, right? We know know they can play. They've got a great core, you know. And they have a super competitive division, too. Yep. It's not just that you have to get better. you got to beat the best because you're going to be fe- facing them twice a, twice a year. And there's some great uh, teams on the rise as well. Again, we're talking to Akbar, Gabaja, Biamila. You have played with a lot of great athletes. You commentate on some great athletes with the American Ninja Warrior. You come from an athletic family. So I ask you, who is the most impressive athlete that you've come across? Of 
course, other than yourself? Oh, boy. Um, I wasn't going to throw myself in that category. Yeah, you uh, can, though. <laughs> it's all right. Um, man, that's a hard one. I, I will say Jerry Rice. Um, I'll never forget playing with Jerry Rice in Oakland. Um and just seeing his work ethic. And, A, I was starstruck because I was like, how did that go from playing video games to then being in the same locker room with him? Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff you used to hear that were poster board material about how great and why he was the greatest and all this other stuff, I still never forget him catching a ball in practice and running towards the end zone every time. And it's like it kind of slowed up practice, but they had to get the next wide receiver in there until he came back around. But he had that mentality. To me, That's I've still to this day have never seen anything like that. Um, That's one. I think the other one is the great LaDainian Tomlinson during my time with the Chargers. LT. I mean, LT, phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Um, And – from his humility to his speed to his burst to his pop, he did it all. Uh, so I, be, I think between those two guys, and I know that I'm missing a lot of guys because yeah. I played with a lot, but those two are the ones who kind of stick out to me the most, Jerry Rice and the great LaDainian Tomlinson. What's your favorite memory of former Raiders owner Al Davis? Oh, man. Oh, I got, oh, I got Al Davis stories now. All right, let's hear um, it. I think, uh, well, one was uh, – I got a lot, but one was the cologne that he used to wear. <laughs> And how the coaches, you know, everybody had a little bit of uh, fear. Um, Not bad fear, but there was like this ultimate respect because, you know, the late, great Al Davis, he – he wanted the best from you. He wanted greatness, and so he put that pressure. So there was this thing like he's constantly scrutinizing on what everybody was doing, right, from top to bottom. And, you know, we'd be out practicing, having fun, and you hear that old – Autumn wind. Well, you used to get that autumn wind in in uh, Oakland, cool. and we'll be practicing, and it might be an hour in, and you smell. Oh, Mr. Mr. Davis is here. Everybody start perking up, and you know we don't know where he is, but the autumn wind carried his cologne into practice, and we're on the far field, and you're looking, you're trying to be cool with it. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like kind of like when you're gossiping about somebody, and they say, "Don't, but don't look." And you're just trying to, like, like rub your nose or yeah. pick up his shoes, just trying to take a look to see what the other person is talking about. Yep. You'd be like, in practice, like, where is he? You couldn't find him. <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden, you, practice is over, and he's got all these questions for you. On the 17th play in practice, on the 23rd minute, why didn't you? You'd be like, wait, what? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't counting reps in practice, coach. <laughs> Have you come across the scent? since then because memory is highly connected to your sense of smell i think more than any of the senses because like some people have that singular and i feel like the late great al davis would have his own cologne that nobody else have had access to since yeah but have you experienced anything close where you're in the middle of nowhere and you know that he's gone you're just like because your body no that's that's a great question because you know what you know what does that to me is champagne yo champagne does that because i had a bad incident as a kid i thought it was apple cider and I was drinking champagne, oh and like Lord. in the fourth grade, and you know all bad the stuff time. that happened. Bad time. Yeah, my and, Malibu. And so till this day, every time I smell it, it takes me back to that memory, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't. Even, I can't even be near it. I stay away from it. So that's interesting. No, I've not smelled that. So it must have been some like super expensive cologne 
from the depth of who knows Costa. where. <laughs> <laughs> Akbar Basha Biamila here with us with Experian. And, you know, I tell you what, make sure you download the free Experian app because Experian now has the smart money digital checking account. Yeah. It links up with your Experian Boost. Yep. And I'll tell you what, you have to do this because it not only positively helps your credit score, but it maintains it. And that's the real way to help yeah. it grow further. Yeah, it really is. You know, we're in some different times financially now. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the cost of goods going up. We're looking at the cost of everything going up. It's just, it's crazy. People are spending more trying to figure out, like, it's wrecking budgets all over the place. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so what Experian realizes is that, you know, having strong credit matters, right? And getting that financial education out to people on how do you boost your credit. There's always been this kind of dark cloud over credit. Like you go around asking somebody what their credit is, and they just kind of like freeze up, right? I can't like, tell you that. Hey, yeah, it's kind of like when Al Davis walks into, the, oh my God, where, where is he? What? <laughs> What's going on? But Experian Boost gives people the ability to really boost their credit score, no pun intended, but it's built in that way mm-hmm. by paying your everyday bill like your streaming services, Netflix and Hulu, your right. utility bills, things that you already take care of, you can now get credit for that. See what I did there? It's mm-hmm. amazing. You can get credit for that, right? It's a double entendre where it helps to boost your credit score. And then you factor that in and it's embedded with the experienced smart money uh, digital checking account. Now, every time you have everything all set up in this experienced smart money digital checking account and you're paying your bills from it, it's helping to increase, and it's all built in in one spot. It's a one-stop shop, and that's pretty impressive where you can go in, you can be checking your money, making sure the bag is good, mm-hmm. right, making sure the other bag, your credit score, is good, and that you're getting credit for doing what you're supposed to do, which is taking care of your business. There's nothing else like it. We encourage it you to do it. Download the free Experian app and get the smart money digital checking account. I've done it myself, yep. and I've seen the results. It helps uh, tenfold, yep. and I know you got to run. Thank you, man, for coming out here. Absolutely. And uh, let's do it again real soon. Absolutely. Go Raiders. Akbar Basha Piamilla here with us. Raider Nation Raider rolls on after this. Back to the morning tailgate, live from Radio Row at Mandalay Bay. Brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Oh, this has been fun being here on Radio Rose. Great stuff to begin this second hour with Michelle Beadle and then Akbar Baja Biamilla. And uh, we already see it on the text line from 702-365-9200. Oh, I didn't even log in today. Uh, it's brought to you by the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, Ty in Missouri says it was we were, <laughs> Akbar was talking about the the pungent odor and aroma of Al Davis's cologne and how distinctive it was and how it meant business when you smelled it. Uh, Ty says, why do I feel that Al wore high karate cologne? Uh, that good thought there. Uh, no, it's Sex Panther. Yeah, Sex Panther with actual 80% bits of, pan- of the time it works every time. <laughs> it has actual was bits of Panther. Was it 80% or was it 30? 80% it was, of the time it, it works, works 100%, yeah, 100% of the oh time. Oh, my God. Also, uh, D.D. Raider out in the 817 says, according to Google, Al used Antaeus by Chanel. Ooh, uh, we have a good Chanel, Antaeus. Um, we're going to have to figure this out, what this smell is, because I, honestly, I, I could just, I don't know that not nearly as much about the late great Al Davis as the rest of Raider Nation, but he just strikes me as an individual. He's like, I want something that everybody else probably doesn't have, you right. know? So you know I'm but coming. But Chanel, that's some high, high-class stuff, and so that's just, oh, yeah. you, not everybody can get that. That's Not everybody like, can afford that. Sure, it's like almost having your own scent, being made for yeah. yourself by the, the masters of Paris. That's funny, though. Literally, I those those moments where you probably have it with your with your parents a couple times, where you get punished for something, and you're just like, <gasps> and everything puckers up. Oh yeah. Oh god, 
But also, like, scent is a weird thing because mm-hmm. I can smell, like, um, sesame, sesame oil being cooked in, in food, and it'll take me back to a time when I remember Grandma Baker making uh, her green beans with the sesame oil yeah. back when I was, like, five, four or five years old, right? And I it puts sit, you I'm, right in the memory. In her kitchen. I'm mm-hmm. sitting right in her kitchen you watching Grandma You can see Baker. all of it. Yeah. And it's incredible. I, I get some of those, or I can smell things from really far away, and if they're, it's a particular smell, and i, I got to get the hell out of there, right? right? So I'm like, <laughs> if I smell Malibu or coconut anything, I have to evacuate the area. It's not going to go well. It's not gonna Malibu rum. You can't I do it. I hate coconut. I hate coconut. I, I was never a fan of coconut, and then oh, naturally, right uh, when I was definitely of drinking age uh, during my time at the Ohio State University, uh, don't check my math. Uh, slim Pickens for pre gaming, mm-hmm. and so I was just kind of swigging. It was either that or another four loco, and I couldn't do that for a second night in a row. Right, right. That's a you want to talk about a scent and a drink. Four locals, like vodka, wine that's carbonated, mixed together, and you leave it out in the sun, and then you put it into the fridge. It was the hottest thing in the world when that thing came out, but and you people were, like, passing out. Not even a quarter of it, you're gone. Like, the old locos, <laughs> the old locos. Coming off the purple Those drink. were weapons yeah. of mass destruction. That's what those were. It was like domestic terrorism is what it was. Oh, my God. So They had to redo the recipe because it was, it was too potent, I think it was. Yeah. They had too much booze in it. And I, now every drink has booze in it. it. Like folk songs were being sang about it, like in the first month of its distribution. Folk? Yeah, like it, it became like a cult status to go and find it. And then you, next thing you know, you try to like go to the one gas station that might have it, and they're all wiped out. Yeah, they couldn't keep it in stores. Yeah, especially during college football season, it was just it was an effective way. Now there's these Borgs. That's what the youngins call these Borgs. They'll make their mixed drinks in like a gallon, like an old milk gallon. They call Borgs, and then they give the Borg a bunch of different names. Oh yeah. So that's that is their for loco. Oh, we have done. Uh, we tried to do our own thing once. Uh, Adam Hill and myself and Adam's brother Josh, who was at, at Yale. So you know, you jungle kinda, juice. You kind of you kind of trust it, and we get this gigantic cooler. We pour a, uh, a fifth of uh, Everclear. And That's then, where you started. And then a my case God. Of, and a case of natural light beer. Oh, it, ice. Oh my God. And then uh, oh my God. orange juice concentrate. And next thing you know, you're like, this isn't half bad. You know what I mean? I don't get the beer inclusion. I understand all the different boozes and the light liquors and stuff like that. Because we used to do the jungle juice or the the um, the fine party because we had kangaroo right. court. So if you got caught making out in public, you'd have to put $5 oh, yeah. in because we'd all circle up after the weekend and be like, so what hey. did we see? What did we do? Put your money in there. And then Actions we have a great party at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, the, oh, God, there was one year we made such a bad batch that I think I had to be walked home at about 7 p.m., stumbled around. It was not a good time. It was a good time. At least I got good sleep that night. Yeah, well, your instincts were pure because they got you home on autopilot. No, I, I had to be escorted that night, and usually <laughs> I'm a loner. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, let's send a double just right. in case she falls into a bush because I jump into bushes when I'm sober. I don't need anybody. Yeah. In fact, you were doing some uh, some awesome karate kicks, like street fighter kicks Yeah, today. I want to post it, but I feel yeah. like I'm going to get sued by Ed Graney if I do it. So Why I'm kind of scared. I, he said that he didn't consent to the video to being filmed. You're the one that was the filming. I just said keep the camera on me. Right. Keep the camera on me. I had to include dead and now i don't know if i can use the video but in the corner of uh as as yeah, uh, Lindsay put on a duster this leather duster Jared's that duster Jared uh, wears and it's kind of like you know it, it's part assassin part zz top and she was wearing it even had the leg straps on and i saw the corner of my eye and ed was staring at you and it's like he thought like you were having like some sort of spasm like yeah he thought he had to interject with some mouth to mouth or maybe like he was call about the police. to start throwing holy water on me that's what he was yeah. start, about to start doing it doesn't work yeah. not on this one no no they've tried <laughs> they've tried <laughs> 
It's Raider Nation Radio. Thanks for being with us. Also want to say thanks to uh, the great job back at the studio by Fenhouse, doing awesome work uh, all week long with us. And our coverage, again, is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Go up online to lvsportsnetwork.com and check out the massive photo gallery that we have as well as our podcast page. But the photo gallery will take you into the uh, inner sanctum of what we do uh, while we're down here. And everybody's show from ESPN Las Vegas to uh, Cofield and Company and the Morning Tailgate and the Press Box, Q Myers, Unnecessary Roughness, GT, The Brick. We're all in here. Yep. And we're all a part of this. And, and we, we uh, still love each other. And I tell you what, we love bringing you the coverage and the wild chaos that is Radio Row. Uh, one thing uh, from the uh, the NFL Awards so that happened last night, uh, you know, to see that C.J. Stroud also gets that, that nod for Offensive mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year because I, there was a – there was some uh, push for that, you know, because I was thinking as we saw Puka Nakua sit down uh, with Tyler Bischoff, yeah. and I was like, man. Any it, other year, any other it's, year. Pu- it's Puka's That's award. It's, it's Puka's award, absolutely. I think that just speaks to the singularity to the season that was C.J. Stroud's rookie season, and uh, there's a lot of bright things on the horizon for that for that team. And, and D'Amico Ryans, as we, we've already talked to him on the program today, apparently linebackers know how to coach people up, so – uh, very, very proud to see that, and um, to have that uh, the de- offense or the defensive rookie of the year also in C.J. Anderson, right? That's that's uh, has that happened very often where you get two of the the rookie awards on the same team? That happened yeah. with the Jets recently, right? Yes, it has, but it's yeah. rare. I mean, Wilson and Toss. And to think about how proud as a GM you got to be. Okay, yeah, we got C.J. Stroud, we got Will Anderson, and now these are the cornerstone foundation pieces that's going to be a part of our team for yeah. the next eight to ten years, and we're going to roll at the premier positions as well. Yes. And so that's the other thing that was working against Puka is that wide receivers just don't get the same level of respect in terms of the hierarchy, quarterback, defensive end, linebacker, if you ask all of our guests. We have a lot of linebackers on our guest list today. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that, too. And I was, like, a little shocked by, like, this wasn't uh, by purpose. You know, and also Kirk Morrison and uh, Akbar Bajabiamila both went to San Diego State. So right. there's these strange uh, they're, patterns they're, that are running they're around. They're good coaches. Yeah. They're also hell of a talent, yeah. right? They're out here slinging stuff. People want them to be selling their Procs, they want to listen to them talk, mm-hmm. and so I find that incredibly fascinating about the position. And it uh, it, it, I've always really liked linebackers, like because they they're the ones that get to that big play first. And I love an edge rusher, just like everybody else. I was obsessed with Daniel Hunter, still am. Hope the Raiders go out and sign him. They won't because he's too expensive. But <laughs> the next best, yes, to me and how I watch defenses, I love watching linebackers. They make those big plays, those tackles, the rip-out sacks. I mean, Eric Kendricks for years with the Vikings was just the best. You know, and also yesterday the NFL announced its newest Hall of Fame class uh, from Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Steve McMichael, Julius Peppers, and Patrick Willis. But also our next guest will be coming up very soon will join <laughs> us. The famed Bronco, the, the, you know, the absolute core of the Orange Crush defense. Oh. He is going to sit down with us to begin the 9 o'clock hour. He's walking we'll up right now. Next. I can see him. Raider Nation Radio.